Welcome back to that freelance podcast. It's great to have you guys with us again. Yeah. No, what? Welcome to that freelance life podcast. Oh <laughs> Hello, Hello, hustlers. Welcome to that freelance life podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and highs and lows of creative freelance life in London. I'm Brittany Beebe. And I'm Harris Stockwell. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend you try this at home. Hey guys, welcome back to that freelance life podcast. Hello. So in today's episode, we are going to be discussing how to decide to go freelancing and actually take the plunge and do it. So what we're going to do is we are going to tell you about our own stories, how we decided to go freelance. We're going to chat to other freelance creatives and hear about what made them decide to do it, what they were nervous about or scared about before they did it. And then also we will discuss some pros and cons about why you should or shouldn't. We think you should. Because you know what? It's not such a life threatening decision to make. So why did Brittany and I want to go freelance? Uh, I can dive in a little bit to why I decided to go freelance. And the main reason I wanted to was that I really wanted to own my own time. I thought so much, you give so much of your time to these companies um, when you are permanent and that's totally okay and that's fine. But when you're working 12 to 16 hour days in this industry, and you don't really see the benefit or reward with like no overtime pay, um, no, sometimes I say days in lieu, but it's very minimal. Uh, I just started thinking, I just, I can't do that anymore. I do know sometimes as a freelancer, you still don't exactly get to have minimal hours and take off whenever you want, but there's still that freedom. So I decide when I take leave and for how long, and I decide how much I get paid, when I get a raise. I'm not waiting for the hierarchy to decide for me. And that felt more powerful to me that I was running that time, that um, finance um, and that choice than having it in somebody else's hands. And that was one of my main reasons. I think um, it just makes you feel yeah. so much more in control. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing for you is well, that you get really... You feel trapped, don't you? Yeah, totally. It's a typical Aquarian trait of mine. I don't like to be trapped. <laughs> um, but how about you? So I'm slightly different. I decided to go freelance because my permanent position had kind of just run its course. I had been there for two years. And at that point, I just felt like it wasn't challenging me anymore. I really wanted something that was going to make me work hard and, and it was going to allow me to meet new people. It was going to allow me to network and you know, really come out of my shell creatively. Yeah, it's the challenge. It really was the challenge for me. And then I obviously saw you, Harriet, really <laughs> thriving in your freelance career. And I just thought, oh my God, this looks amazing. I want to do it too. And then obviously through Harriet's encouragement, I, I did. Yeah, no, and you've done and you've done so well. And I can also relate to that was when you kind of are stuck in a in a job that no longer feels challenging for you and you're just kind of going the day by day and it's feeling really mundane. And, and I had that before in a, in a permanent position. And I just vowed to myself never to get in that state again. Uh, also, when I moved here, I was kind of like, I don't want to just go straight into a permanent position. Uh, moved here, I mean, as in moved to London. <laughs> but I never wanted to get straight into a permanent position and get stuck again. So I was like, oh, well, I'll freelance and figure out where my feet are and what kind of place I'm vibing with and loving and and then I just kind of stayed with it <laughs> yeah 
Oh, it's almost like dating, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and I know like when you went freelance, I mean, you did, um, and I and I know so much because we, we spoke so much about it, but you're, you were just constantly churning the thought over and over and over into your head. And I think that kind of brings us to our next point of, you know, what are those feelings and thoughts? And everyone has them. I mean, I kind of wasn't getting any permanent work here in London. Yeah. It wasn't happening for me. So I just went into the freelance and I was like well actually this is so much better yeah and it worked out so well for you yeah and then me for me as well so yeah let's just talk about those 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 thoughts that you had in your in your mind yeah and it's pretty fresh for me I've been freelancing for about seven or eight months now so I think I had a lot of time to think about it there was a gap of about three months from when I decided I wanted to freelance until I went freelance and Oh my God, it was just up and down, an emotional sort of roller coaster. So, yeah. I mean, I felt absolutely exhilarated, first of all, by the idea of it. I'd be lying if like I, like money was such a big thing. I was like, wow, I could almost double my income. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Then on the other side of that, there was this massive fear and anxiety that was kind of hanging over me. And I, I just thought, you know, what if I embarrass myself? What if I completely mess this up? What if I go freelance, I take this chance and no one wants to hire me? I can't make this work. Mm. What the hell am I going to say to people? Yeah, you always fear not having work. Yeah. And that is a big thing. And why also like the day rate of a freelancer is so much more and everyone thinks, oh, you're living that freelance life. But it's because you will have times when you won't have work. And I I do understand that is such a... Oh, that's such a huge fear. It can really get you down. Absolutely. No. And I think that's something, it's the feeling that continues to raise its head, um, even now, um, having been freelancing for a while. Between contracts, you still have that fear that comes up in the pit of your stomach, and it's sort of like a nauseous feeling. Yeah. It's a total doubting of your abilities and yourself, Absolutely. and why am I not getting work, and I don't understand, and... Um, and, and I think the big thing is uncertainty yeah. and I, uncertainty, I think, puts a lot of people off because in a world of, well, nothing is really certain no. in, in life. Um, we do want that stability and knowing that we're getting money every month and that there's one less thing to worry about. But any any job that you can be in, even if it's permanent, can be uncertain because you Absolutely. never know when there's like retrenchments yeah. or or something like that or something happens and something goes awry and and I think it's just about making sure you lay those foundations strong for yourself that Absolutely. during those uncertain times of taking those breaks, you you put yourself into gear of managing managing them and hustling. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real hustler's hat that you've got to wear. I think also making sure that you maintain relationships and things like that can really, really help. So making sure you stay Um, in contact with the people that you've worked with in the past, even if it's just to drop them a line and say, hey, how's it going? How have you been? Let's catch up sometime. Um, I think staying in the sort of event circles as well, making sure that you keep attending those events. Um, I was really lucky, actually. My first contract that I had, in the middle of it, I got a a ticket to go to a um, portfolio masterclass. Um, Oh, yes. Yes, and... At the time, I was like, oh, you know, I don't need to go to this. I'm fine. And I, my portfolio wasn't ready. And I was going to give my ticket away to someone else. And there was a voice inside me that was like, just sort your portfolio out after work and just go to this. And it was actually fantastic. And I made two different contacts at that portfolio session 
that I've since gotten work from. So, and yeah. my, you know, my contract ended a few weeks later at the first job that I had. And thank God I had those, those next contracts. Yeah, that's so good. Which portfolio session was that? At? So that was Ladies One Design. It was actually here at Wonderman Thompson where we're recording this podcast now. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> and we both currently are contracted here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's always keeping that open mind. You you get a, you get lulled into a sense of security when you are um, in a freelance position for a while and you, yeah. you haven't moved around. So, for instance, I've been here since October. Um, and so that's a couple of months if we're now in December. and. Yeah. You, it lulls you into a sense uh, of comfort and it's really false. So you always, I think, have to keep a sort of hustler's hat on all the time and just keep reminding yourself that nothing is, is really certain and keep getting out there and keep meeting people. You know, of all those doubt emotions and anxiety and fear, there's also like a real excitement emotion. Yeah. And, you know, we've spoken in depth about this as well. And it's also one of the reasons I went freelance when I moved to London was the ability to like meet new people you know here we are in this new city and we don't really know many people and it's so great to network to to make new friends well, the amazing thing is when you move around permanent people also move around and they move to other agencies or other studios and that and then they remember you and then they contact you and you get kind of gain more contacts absolutely so it's actually really exciting I mean share your excitement I know it was I know I was so excited I, yeah I mean as I said I juggled those emotions like mad I went back and forth between excitement and fear and terror um but yeah no I, I mean I I think that's the that's the thing though you sit on this roller coaster and it's 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 high 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 excitement and thrill and happiness when you land a new contract and you're doing really great work with such fantastic people and making all these new um new sort of contacts for yourself but and then you hit that lull and that low and and that's a it's a continuous roller coaster that you are on yeah it's that's what it is but, but yeah know that it is totally and utterly normal and worth so, it and worth it and if you're listening to this now know that those fears and anxieties and all those things that we've all been there and it's totally normal and it's just your body really scared of change oh my god 100%. and uncertainty and it's kind of like your fear is built into your body to keep you safe and meanwhile, you've got to just push through because that's where the beautiful growth happens. Exactly. Um, and kind of like stamping your own path, you know, you're taking yeah. control. So take control of that life. Absolutely. So funnily enough, I have kept a journal all of this year and I journaled constantly throughout the specific changes that were happening in my life when I decided to go and start freelancing. So I actually journaled from the very day that I had, I had first thought about it. And I keep, I'm still journaling now. Um, Which is so good because I know like when she started a good day was when she woke up and she journaled for a few minutes and just got the thoughts out of her head. And that can be also really helpful when you're starting this process. And like you say, carrying on this process because we all know we deal absolutely. with so much stress. And really cool for reflection as well, I think. Yep. So I took out my journal for the first time yesterday and I, I started looking back and reading back through all the different pages and all the entries that I was making at the time when I was starting to go freelance and I thought that it would be really helpful if I just shared them with you guys. Yeah, so good. <laughs> sure. So sure. weird. I don't think anyone's the ever... inner workings of Brittany Beebe's yeah, mind. My mind. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bore you with all the details of the journal, but so we start out on the 20th of February, 2019. And I wrote that I'm thinking about going freelance like Harriet. I could make so much more money. I wouldn't even know myself. And then I do a quick budget 
because <laughs> I, I love doing budgets. Um, and I write that I decide that it's an um, absolute no-brainer. I have to do this. And if I don't try, I'll never know or grow. And that uncomfort equals growth. I will always remember when your fiancé told me <laughs> when the hardest times in life, but that's where the growth is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a hard lesson. It's, it's difficult to have perspective in those times. 100%. Let me, I want to read one. Um, so 29th of April, 2019. It's my first day of freelancing. There's so much I want to do, but I also feel afraid because I'm not sure whether I'm going to enjoy feeling unsettled and wanted a permanent job. I'm sure I can make a success of this, but if I don't, I feel like I can forgive myself and respect myself for at least trying. Oh my God, that's so, so sweet that you actually, and I think we need to remind ourselves all the time is that we're only human yeah. and we're just trying and be kind to ourselves like through this process and through anything really in life. Like don't beat yourself up if it doesn't go exactly how you planned, you know, Absolutely. there's always a fallback. There's always other options. Totally. I think that is probably where I was coming to the realization that I didn't owe anything to anyone. My journal entries before that had been very much centered on what happens if I don't make this work? What happens if actually I'm not that good at my job? And yep. everyone I used to work with goes, well, we're so much better off without you anyway. We're really glad you left. Oh, no. I know. No, it's madness. It's so silly. It really is. Now you know you're not alone if you're listening, if you have those thoughts. Absolutely. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with having those thoughts. That's what makes us human. It's so normal. Exactly. So the 30th of April, 2019, I wrote, I feel so desperate to prove to myself that I can be hired. I'm feeling, I'm feeling really lonely by myself at home. I'm going to try and do some of my own work in the afternoons to try and combat the afternoon blues I keep getting. So this is something that I actually found really, really beneficial. Mm. I would spend, from those first few weeks when I was looking for work, I would spend the morning actually looking for jobs, hustling, talking to recruiters, maybe going out to see people. And in the afternoons, I would work on my own stuff. So whether that was some hand lettering or maybe just painting or working with ink and just sort of being creative and being artistic and really getting my hands dirty and yeah. doing what I love. So on the 8th of May, I then wrote, trying really hard to be positive, but it's really difficult when you reach out and talk to so many people and then you hear back from no one. I really need to be resilient. It's such a tough one. Um, it really is. You... You spend so much time hustling hard. You're constantly commenting on LinkedIn. You're emailing people. You're on phone calls with recruiters. You know, you're reaching out to your network and no one is getting back to you. Or even worse, you'll, you know, you'll chat to people that make really empty promises. And it just feels like the, the rug is being sort of pulled out from underneath of you. But, you know, and I think the next job will come. Yeah, because the thing is when you're you're chatting to so many people at a time and yes, they're not getting back to you, but everyone's busy and doing their thing, but eventually they do get back to you and then you do land that that one job and all it takes is one yeah. job. What's one seed? I've had people get back to me months later and it's all worked out really well. On the 10th of May, 2019, I wrote, yay, I have a huge meeting today with a creative director that could result in a job. I need some coffee and some good tunes. I can do this. When you doubt your power, you give power to your doubt. No, that's, <laughs> so you are very inspirational very quotes i know <laughs> very motivational i'm so proud of you thank you so much so yeah i was really nervous about that that meeting and i remember thinking oh, i felt so much more positive yesterday i wish this meeting had happened yesterday i'm really gonna have to like pull myself into gear to impress this person um and it, it worked out really well because i ended up getting a job from that but um, amazing yeah again through contacts through harriet someone that harriet used to work with 
So yeah, and that's what I'm saying. No contact is worth this. Um, I'm going to read one. So the 20th of May, 2019. Contract starts today. Yay! <laughs> Did a stress-reducing meditation this morning. Fear is necessary. It's important. It's natural. It keeps us alive. It's what stops us walking in front of cars in the street. As Liz Gilbert says, fear has to come along for the ride, but you can't let it drive. So Ooh, true. Mic drop. <laughs> I drop, drop this mic if it wasn't connected to a stand. <laughs> is that from Big Magic, or she yeah. just says that? Yeah. yeah, it is, and it's it's where she's talking about like how as a creative person you can never escape fear. It will always be with you, and what you have to say is okay. That's fine. I respect you, and I understand exactly why it's necessary to have you. But I'm not going to let you be in control. So you can come with me. We can go together, but you're not going to actually control what I do the decisions I make you have to say not today Satan (laughs) (laughs) Harriet's new favorite saying and how long after that first gig ended did you get your next one so I immediately the next weekend um, was already chatting to a person that helped me secure the next one um, a creative director that um, we'll actually be hearing from later in this episode and um, she, yeah, I chatted to her immediately. She secured me a role, but it wasn't starting for another two weeks, which actually gave me a lot of headspace and was a nice sort of break in between working my first contract and working the second one. So two weeks it took. Um, amazing. And thanks so much for sharing those. I think it really gives people a, a listen and kind of you can relate because I'm sure in one aspect you're feeling in those ways. I know I felt uh, many of those feelings through my journey and know that you're not alone and it's totally totally normal (laughs) yeah we're just going to chat then now about you know the pros and cons and you can weigh them up and you kind of just got to look at them and go right what are my priorities what is the thing that really is going to work for me what's what's important to you might not be important to somebody else and vice versa and so these were always the things when I would chat to Brittany about you know like weigh it up what is vital for you Uh, and then you can make the decision yeah. So when you know when you're looking at at the pros, well maybe let's start with the cons. It's always good to start with a negative yeah, first. And I feel like it, you know what could be a pro for us could be a con for you. So you know it's everyone's pro and con list would be completely different at the end of the day. It's it's sort of what is what's important to you and what's not really. Yeah. So you know with cons is that you can miss out on the social aspect of work because as a freelancer, you often just don't get invited to the company parties. So recently it's been the Christmas parties and Brittany and I didn't get invited because we are freelancers. We only actually really got invited on the last day because they had extra tickets. We're like, we're <laughs> no, not. Because we're so much fun to have around. That's True. why. I think another con is probably um, ownership. So a lot of the time as a freelancer, you're brought in to sort of help out wherever it's needed. And that could mean coming in at the very end of a project to work on someone else's idea. It mm. could mean, um, you know, you winning a pitch and then not getting to actually create the project work itself. You know, it could it could be you come in for a few days or, you know, it's just a snippet of, a, of what a project could be. Yeah, and that's there. quite frustrating. Um, yeah. Very frustrating for at times because also you want to complete something you also want to put something in your portfolio always and that's really tough as a freelancer trying to get something in your portfolio so I think there is room there though to to turn that around and if you kind of very open and honest and doing a great job you can talk to your seniors um, or your people who manage you and just be like look these are my 
priorities. Yeah, and yeah, this is something I want to do. Yeah, and I think, I mean, most most creative directors that I've worked with so far have actually been, you know, although they prioritize their full-time staff as they should, they have been really open to, to discussing what my goals are and what my priorities are and what I'd like to achieve sort of in the in the role and the time frame that they'll have me there. Yeah, so keep that co- communication open. Definitely. Um, so yeah, and then and then a con is oh my god, as creative people, the last thing we want to worry about is admin and taxes. Oh, and you, the, when you're yeah. a permanent staff member, that shit is sorted out for you. And now as a freelancer, that is you. Just don't, you know, it's it's not something that's either one of our strong points. No. Um, you know, and I think that is where you allow yourself the mental headspace and you hire someone else to do it for you. Absolutely. Like I said, it's a con, but you can turn it into a pro. So another con I think that crops up quite a lot is taking work just to pay the bills that you're not, it's work that you're not really passionate about. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's a reality of freelancing is that you take the work when you can get it. You, yeah. you don't turn the work down and holding out for the next job can actually be really dangerous. You know, the next job might be weeks and weeks away. Um, and it's, it's sort of better to to get the work done and do the work when it is offered to you than to wait around. Well, yes and no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, you could like grab it, but it all depends again, your priorities. So if you have got like a bit of a nest egg and you've managed to save a bit sure. and you don't want to just take any old job and you feel you've got the freedom and the flexibility, then go for it, you know, wait around for the jobs that you really want. But the you know, caution there is sometimes they don't come around. So exactly. yeah, sometimes you've got to just take the slog work. But to be fair, when you're permanent as well, you also sometimes do the slog work. Absolutely. No, I, th- I think we've all been there. We've all taken on the jobs yeah. that we've needed to sort of cover the bills. And again, that is, a, a, it's back to opening the conversation to recruiters or agencies you speak to and just really be strong about the kind of work that you want and make sure you put in your portfolio the kind of work you want people to hire you for. for. Absolutely. Another kind is you don't get the leadership or development that you would normally if you were in a permanent position. So creative directors or senior management um, would invest in the people that they hire permanently because they want you to develop in the company. They don't want you to leave. They want you to be the next generation that leads the company and so as a freelancer, you don't really get that. I mean, I have been quite lucky in my freelancing career to have had quite long stints. And then I've had great development from really great leaders. But it's not always the, the thing. So that's working out your priority. Do you want to be developed to the next level? Then a permanent position might help you better. Or are you happy to kind of pave the way yourself? That being said... Most creative directors will always be open to giving you feedback, you know, and con- and be ready for that constructive criticism because, um, you know, they're also learning and they're also on a journey to their own leadership goals and are also wanting to sort of practice giving that feedback. And, you know, they've got to wait till yearly reviews or whatever with their permanent staff. But, you know, if you can say, can I grab five minutes of your time? I'll buy your coffee. Can you just let me know what you've thought about me so far on this contract, you know, when it's come to an end? Um And I've always actually found that really, really helpful. They've given really, really great feedback that's been helpful for me. Yeah, so that's maybe like a way to change that con into a pro by just every time your contract ends, just ask for feedback. 
And yeah. also those uh, LinkedIn recommendations as well. Oh, yes. Probably another con is that sometimes you don't get those really, really juicy projects because they are given to the permanent staff and the full-time staff and, uh, you know, as they should be, as they should be. You do want to, you still have an ego in a sense and kudos to you if you don't, but <laughs> well done. Uh, you have an ego and it wants to be ambitious and it wants to create amazing work and put it in your portfolio and so sometimes you just don't always get those opportunities to take on those big grand jobs like Brittany said perm staff um, priority but it's again weighing up what's important controlling your time and money or shooting for the stars that can (laughs) both are actually my priority I know how do you choose how do you choose okay Mm. well you know that's put us on a bit of a Debbie Downer hasn't it so what do you think the pros are with freelancing? Well, there's a lot of pros. Uh, so definitely, and as we've always talked about, freedom with time. And some people will argue me, and most of those people who argue me are permanent staff members, but the freedom of time in a sense that sometimes you just take jobs, yes, and you work really hard, but often you can leave at a reasonable hour because they are not paying you overtime if that is not in your contract. Uh, if it is, then you get paid over time and you can work those hours and get the reward. And freedom of time in that you decide when you want to go on holiday or you want to take time off and you decide for how long. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely like an emotional sort of separation when you're freelancing. You don't feel like you're letting the team down if you leave at your normal hour. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not that, there's not necessarily that sense of accountability that you have when you are full time yeah and I guess also because you're being paid a reasonable rate is is that you then you work you work your proper hours you make sure you you put in the work and you do your thing and then you leave yeah and you're not bound yeah absolutely and well and you've touched on another another pro there is deciding what your rate is you know you decide how much you charge when it it's increased you know, um, it's it's so, so empowering to be totally. able to say your, and set your price. And again, that's within reason. But you, like, yeah, you decide. I, I mean, Brittany and I always consult each other when we want to give ourselves a raise. And, you know, what is fair. And if we're working with other people and our creative partners are on different rates, we're always just like, you know, well, I want to be on that rate if it's higher. And is what do I fair? Say? And what do I say? And how do I do it? And how do I ask? And you know, we'll touch all on that in an episode to come, but it is it is very empowering. So I think another pro that we really enjoy is that you can take holiday whenever you want. Like I'm going to South Africa this year for two months and yes, because I can. Yeah, exactly. You get to decide how long you take. Of course, you're not going to be paid in that time. But if, you know, if you are financially stable and you are happy to go without for that time, you've got enough finances to cover you then there's no reason that you can't, you know, go and live on the other side of the world for a few months or, exactly. you know, take a few weeks off. Whatever it is that is what is important to you. So if that is traveling or buying a house or doing whatever, you can make it possible. Yeah. Freelancing ticks those boxes. It'll okay. tick whatever boxes you need ticked. You don't need to have a permanent job to do all those things. <laughs> So another pro that I think is quite great is that you get to choose what you work on. You know, so I know we said it as a con of like, you know, sometimes don't get the juicy projects, but there's also a pro of that. 
Sometimes you can just make a choice. Absolutely. You can hold out. You don't have to take that work. If you're full-time, you have to just do whatever work comes across your desk. You know, you have no choice in the matter. You answer to someone else. When you're freelance, you don't. You are your own boss. You know, everyone that you work for is actually your client in a sense. Yeah, and and we, we talk to a freelancers down the line but some of them are illustrators or videographers and you know they they just create work that people come to them to buy you know so it's not necessarily that you have to go work in an agency or a studio and be bound by those clients you can create your own work and that automatically makes you a freelancer as well um so another pro and this is on the money side is you get paid overtime and it's not for every contract and you do have to discuss it beforehand and I highly, highly recommend you discuss it before you take the contract on because so that it is written in stone, but you get paid overtime and that is very rare in our industry when you are permanent because often you, well, we are in the advertising space and that involves long hours. Very long hours. And when I was permanent, oh my God, I'd work like, 3 a.m. in the morning sometimes. I remember when you first started especially. It was crazy and you don't get any reward for it. And recently I worked on a on a big, big freelance job um, and my teammates were both permanent and we worked long, long hours. But I got overtime for all of it. So I was like, by the end of January, I was bawling, you know. <laughs> um, and it was, it was taxing emotionally and everything and... It was so intense, but I had this reward and I know money isn't everything, but it kind of made up for the chaos that we went through. Whereas I just saw what it did to my teammates. And yes, they got like a few days in lieu, but it's not nearly enough for the emotional draining. Well, no. Madness. We you want to be able to go and treat yourself to a massage after all of that. You, yeah. know? you want to be able to decide how you enjoy yourself and, and, and recoup that that time back from yourself exactly. and, and recoup physically and emotionally from the project. I yeah, think. I fucked off to South Africa for five weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what know? a pleasure. What One a pleasure. dying, baby. Um, so another pro is that you get to work on a variety of projects and brands, um, which is great because you're, you're going from different contracts. So in the space of, you know, this year, I mean, Brittany, how many brands have you worked on? Oh my gosh! Uh, probably about s- seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, amazing, um, outrageous. But even even brands aside, just the kinds of projects that you get to work on, um, and but I mean, then again, even if you are like a illustrator or someone who's very specific on something, and you're a hand letterer and you just do one thing, that's fine. But you might get like different broad range of clients to get to work on so many so many so that is that is cool and then you can get create a portfolio that is um full of variety exactly so the final the final pro that we've got for you guys and i think this could probably be taken as either a pro or a con again it depends on 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 what your priority is but a final pro is control over your money so this is something i really enjoy i'm really into budgeting i'm really into working out how much is in my account, what I can use, what's safe for tax, um, you know, really projecting numbers. I love doing that. How yeah. much will I have a few years in a few years time? If I carry on at this rate, how much will I have saved in a few years? 
um, I'm really into that. I'm really into understanding um, how much money I have and, and, and what I can do with it. It makes me feel really empowered and actually more safe than anything else. Yeah, and I guess also you know like how much tax yeah. you are paying, how you can actually be more tax efficient and yeah. you know get your money to stretch further and farther. And and that is really empowering. It is. And in a, and in a sense, wrapping it all up on the pros is that you're your own boss. That is priceless. If that is your, <laughs> if that is your priority, though, some people don't want to be bosses, though, and of that's course. totally fine. No, I mean you do you, right? On that note, we are going to hear from a couple of different freelancers now. So we actually reach out to our own network, and we ask people to send us sound bites and sound clips and and just voice notes, really, of a, just kind of about who they were and what they do and how long they've been freelancing and what's what sort of challenges they've faced and how they've overcome those and. Yeah, just to know a bit more about the freelancers that are out there and hear a bit more of their stories. My name is Saxony and I am a creative strategist and copywriter freelancer. Um, And I've been freelancing for about three and a half years. Um, I started freelancing actually out of necessity. When I moved over to London from Cape Town, I... um, had to have two months off and I knew when I was looking for jobs that no one was going to hire me knowing that I had to take off two months so I said okay cool I'm just going to freelance and then I'll have my two months off and then I will come back and I'll find a permanent job and I actually once I started freelancing I realized how much I loved it and actually that I wanted to continue freelancing uh, when I got back. I'm Anil. I am a copywriter I have worked as a copywriter for over nine years Um, and I've actually been freelancing all throughout my career on and off. Actually, my first freelance role was right after uni. I never really thought of freelance as a career move. You know, it was a lot more, oh, in the meantime kind of vibe. Hi, my name's Lisa. I'm a freelance designer and art director. I have been working freelance in London doing this for about nine years and I started originally because when I moved over from Australia it was not long after recession it was about 2010 and there weren't really any permanent jobs going but I found contract work quite quickly. Hi so my name is Stu Donovan Uh, I'm a senior motion graphic designer Uh, I've been freelancing for about two and a half years in central London Um, I started because I used to work in uh, a big agency and I got fed up doing the same type of work all day for the same clients. It's Will Garthwaite here. I've been freelancing since about 2008 and that was when I fully, fully gave up the dream of making it as an actor and I decided to devote myself to making films. As far as challenges go, I would definitely say that my first challenge initially was that I didn't have a network. So without a network, it's just, it can be really difficult to find jobs. You know, I have good relationships with uh, quite a few recruiters now as well, but um, I think the bulk of my of my work has come through the network that I have grown in London. So I think initially not having a network was very, very challenging. My parents were really scared 
about me being in London and having enough money to pay for my rent. So they really wanted me to get a perm job. I think one of the biggest challenges I've had is just organizing myself financially. The first year I didn't organize myself and my and didn't put money aside to pay bills, taxes and different things as they came in. Making the transition from being a freelancer to setting up my own business. So that is much harder, um, takes a lot more time um, and a lot more thought because you've got to kind of work out things like your taxes and how to run a business. You're always aware that you can't go more than a few weeks without work and that can get a bit tiring at times. Uh, and the rule of thumb is to have three months um, salary saved, which I do try stick to. Um, so if there is like a whole month where I don't have work, I'm actually going to be fine. And don't listen to everyone, whoever that is, your parents or society or your friends um, freaking out for you that you don't have a job, so you're not getting money. And, you know, and what if the next job doesn't come? Like embrace the insecurity. It's different to a full-time job, which is more kind of um, stable. It's quite consistent. Whereas when you're freelancing, you are on, 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 and then there's nothing for a little while. And you have to be able to manage those ups and downs kind of mentally, but also um, financially. Uh, I know a lot of people say it's about money and having enough money to survive. But as long as you know enough people and... Uh, and you get along with people, then that is kind of the main thing, really. You can always find the work. I think the satisfaction you get from the variety of work and the people you meet has to outweigh knowing where you'll be every day. You know, London has so many freelancing opportunities. I speak to people all the time and they tell me about how they really want to freelance, but they're so scared. Um, what if they don't find anything? And, you know, the job's so comfortable and not getting paid for sick pay and that kind of stuff uh, really stresses them out. And I feel lucky that I already have the experience freelancing because I know that, you know, yeah, there are some weeks where you don't have work, but then there are other weeks where you do have work and it's so amazing and you're able to save up so much more. The main challenge I had to face and I'm happy that I'm in a good place now is actually to switch from freaking out every time I don't have a job and I don't, I have downtime and I'm in between gigs to actually enjoying it and being like fuck this you know i'm not working today i'm just gonna go take a train and go to the beach or i'm gonna go to that 12 p.m yoga class i always wanted to go to or i'm just gonna sleep in and do nothing just really enjoying that time for yourself which is beneficial for your mental health and um, really the best advice i can give is to do your damnedest to create connections with people when you work with them. Keep going and make sure you're not shit at what you do. So yeah, you can see that it's actually not so daunting. These people have been doing it for from like two to nine years even, and you can actually make it a permanent thing. Yeah, it's you a can. career. Freelance can be your career. Absolutely. Um, and to show that everyone goes through their doubts, but also that sometimes it, it just works out and showing that work comes. People have been doing this for a long time and they have got work consistently. It's totally doable. It's not so scary. It isn't. And the, the hardest part is taking that first step. 
So I think to wrap things up, let's just, you know, kind of Brittany and my two cents on things is, you know, when you decide, when you're deciding to go freelance, kind of weigh up what is really important to you. Is it financial security? Is it freedom? Is it control? Is it wanting to be developed or are you wanting to just do great work or willing to take anything? Is it the day rate? Is it this? Is it that? Kind of write your own list of pros and cons and and figure out what is the important part to then work out if this is for you. So another thing that we think is, is really helpful is saving money before you start freelancing. So I didn't have much time personally, and I only saved a month um, of extra income to cover me for all my expenses and things. Um, but I think what you need to do is actually work out what your expenses are, what you can really sort of like whittle down your budget to if you weren't saving money into extra pools and pots and things, and and, and know that number, know that figure, and then go from there and try and save up at least three months to cover that. Uh, you'll feel so much more secure when you're first starting out to know that you have a quarter of a year's um, sort of expenditure covered. Yeah. The worst thing is like quitting your job and then being broke and trying to hustle for work. Yeah. I only managed to great. save up a, a month's salary before I left my full-time job. And it, it added a, a huge level of pressure to finding work. And, and I was really lucky that I found work in the sort of third week that I was, I was without a job. But yeah. Always be on the safe side of life. <laughs> and then when you are making that decision, do the work. So make a portfolio, get a website, update your CV, do all those things. And we'll dive into that in later episodes. But just kind of like getting your ducks in a row. And then there's two books that we suggest reading um, that have been really helpful for us. And the first one is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So she's the, the author from Eat, Pray, Love, actually. Um, and this is a sort of um, expansion on her TED talk that she did a few years ago on the elusive creative genius and how to remove ego from the creative work that you do. But this is in this book, she really tackles fear and, and talks about how other people, other creatives throughout time have, have handled fear. Yeah. I found it really personally very beneficial. So the other book that we really recommend is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. So this is a book that's all about resistance and overcoming resistance. And resistance is kind of that like quiet voice in your head that's just like, you know, you can do it tomorrow. Go freelance next year. It'll be fine. You know, you just wait. Just wait until you've got enough money. Wait until the market's more stable. Wait until um, someone reaches out to you for a job or, you know, there's always always excuses I guess that's what resistance is and it talks about tackling that and how to how to recognize it and how to overcome it yeah well exactly I had resistance today before recording this podcast I was oh, like oh yeah oh I'm lazy and Brittany's like come on let's do it and we've had to go so through great. like two or three different rooms to find a room to actually record in because the sound quality has been terrible but we've done it and we've, we're doing it we beat resistance <laughs> today <laughs> and then another thing is when you are deciding to go freelance is Get clued up on events, go to events, go networking, um, just to help you kind of make that decision, talk to people, um, ask friends or friends of friends and just chat. So there's so many events you can go to that can kind of help you make that decision. Um, there's check out Eventbrite, check out events on the dots, um, go to Creative Mornings one first Friday or no, one Friday of every month, yeah. um, which is so good amazing ozone coffee and a uh, yummy brekkie yeah. and then you get to see amazing speakers there's she says and of course ladies wine design so you can just chat ask around 
go to these events, start to feel comfortable in the space and, and then figure out, is this for me? Is freelance, if, is that freelance life the life for me? <laughs> okay, so I guess it is that time again for a bit of winsome and a bit of dim sum. You win some, you dim sum, you win some, you dim sum. Our win some this week is definitely the cool friends that we have picked up in the last few months of working here at Wonderman Thompson. Yeah, I think it's been really great and the team's been great and that is as we said before, one of the great things about freelancing is meeting new people and lucky you get to work with really great people and then they become friends. So that's awesome. Exactly. And I think another winsome for us this week has also been that we have some really cool guests lined up for the podcast that we're really excited to chat yes. to and record with. Today has been a really great day. People have been responding back. So like we said, some people won't respond in weeks or months, but miraculously, Two people responded today after having messaged them ages ago and they are keen to be on the podcast. So that is a huge, huge win for us. Exactly. And for you guys. Yes. So what's our dim sum this week, Harriet? Well, the dim sum is that we have a bit of an uncertainty with our contract currently. Um, we thought that we were going to be extended till January, but there's been a bit of like hasn't been finally, finally finalized. And that is sometimes the hard part of freelance is that you think you've got it in the bag and then sometimes it just whips it out under your feet and Absolutely. isn't for sure. Oh, I really need to go eat them some now. <laughs> <laughs> We're starving. We're so hungry. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and drop us a DM if you've got any topics you'd like us to discuss or you got any questions. And if you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line, thatfreelancelivepodcast at gmail.com.